Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Calculon, but I thought you were Egyptian. I'm a sassy guy. I'm a sassy guy. I'm a tough guy. Be an episode of our show without excessive soundboard use? No. 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 <laughs> All right. Welcome to Dearly Debated, the show where you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. Uh, I'm Nathaniel. Oh my gosh, no. Oh, I had something. Ashley, you go. I'm going to come back to me. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of something from Crash Landing on you. I'll be we'll fix it in editing. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, I got it. No, no. I'm Nathaniel. Handsome guy. Open the door. <laughs> Levinson. <laughs> I am Ashley, too many podcasts, Thomas. And I am Jason, still reading too many comics, then. <laughs> <laughs> Greg is not here. He might show up uh, part with you, but I think he's watching basketball, whatever that is. I don't know. I've heard it's some sort of thing where you throw a ball at some at some people. I don't know. Well, in case he didn't. No, wait. I, I watched the documentary on it, Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> I know all about basketball. In case he didn't what, Jason? Space Jam and Airbud. I was going to say, in case he doesn't show up, what he's geeking out over right now is basketball. Yeah, I think so, it's fair. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's fair game. And uh, I'll just say, Where's he, your and rim I, shot he and I collectively have... Oh, I don't have a rim shot. I can't believe This is the best that. thing I have. <laughs> you serious? Uh, <laughs> I, should, I should get like a really bad rim shot on here. Yeah. Um, uh, no, but he and I also, he and I have been collectively geeking out over his Yu-Gi-Oh! So I dove back into my collection, and uh, I've been literally sorting cards for hours. It's really, like, relaxing, so I'll be in class, and it's just lecture, and so I have my wireless headphones in, so I'll just sit on the floor of the sunroom and sort cards while I'm listening to us <laughs> talk about uh, public relations and things like that, and, like, administrative things. I'm like, Ugh. Fair. So, so... Uh, I think it's safe to to announce to our listeners we're doing a geeking out episode yes. again. The uh, episode two. I haven't finished editing episode one yet, so these are going to come out really close to each other. That's okay. Um, but that's okay because uh, hey, these are timeless. Yeah. But it's really funny because I, I I I've been watching. So I watched you. I watched Yu Gi Oh. It's on Netflix. And I'm like, I'm not going to watch this in English. You know, shows where I'm like, this show is really not watchable. <laughs> I I don't watch in English. <laughs> So I've been watching Yu-Gi-Oh! in Spanish, and it's really good in Spanish. Okay. Um, let me just tell you. First of all, Joey is no longer the godfather of games. <laughs> um, uh, I can't, obviously, I can't place Spanish accents, so I don't know if they had the, the Spanish equivalent of a New York accent. <laughs> I don't know what that would be, maybe <laughs> Catalan. Uh, but what I do, do find interesting is certain things where I'm reading the translation, but I know enough Spanish. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say fluent, but I know Spanish. I, I right. can I can stumble through Spanish. Right. Where they're, they're, they'll say a sentence, and I'll read the subtitle. I'm like, that's a, a, a reasonable translation, but that's not what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do I do like that all the drag all the monster names become ridiculously large. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Dragon Blanco de Ojos Azules. <laughs> uh, but but so in the English, the command word for ex- Exodia is obliterate! Uh-huh. In Spanish, the command word is Manifiestate! Which means show yourself! <laughs> Exodia! Show yourself! I'm here guys! Yeah! <laughs> nice. Very cool. But he also, but the thing is, he also uses it in a different duel because uh, he's doing like Shadow Kaiba, and he says the same thing, but there's no Exodia, so he literally like a monster attacks, and he says Manifest like he's already there, guy. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is really funny to watch. Yeah, being uh, someone who le- who loves playing the game and has played a lot of the video games associated with it, in that especially in the first seasons. They are not playing the right game. They're cheating so hard. There's no tributes. They're just like throwing monsters down on the field. Uh, <laughs> and, and it makes sense. Like it makes a lot more sense in, in the within the context of the anime that like, oh, here are these cards and they can do these wacky things like attack the moon and the moon brings the tides and then the fields. That... Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it in terms of like, it makes sense for the anime. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the game, so Shadow Kaiba uses... Attacks with the Blue Eyes White Dragon. Uh, Yu Gi Oh's like Mirror Force, which is destroys all your opponent's monsters that are in attack position. Um, and he's like, no, negate attack. Like, no, that negates your opponent's attack on their turn. It doesn't negate a trap. It's not a counter trap card. You're cheating. Stop cheating, Shadow Kaiba. Anyways, so if that's not the definition of geeking out, I don't know what is. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> I started us out strong, but that's what Greg and I have been geeking out over. And I finally found, I just like, there's so many cards. Right. And it gets so complicated because it's like all these cards are within archetypes where it's like you need the cards that have the same archetype, but not all of them have the same name. I finally found a website where I can like enter in my cards and add them to a collection and then look at all of them. So I'm starting the process of that and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like 100 cards in and I've done file this big and I've got all these other piles. I'm like, ah! <laughs> so it's going to be hmm. tedious work. <sighs> You're going nowhere! <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So what about you guys? Let's say, Jason, far away. Well, I was going to say, it's funny you brought up, uh, like, rediscovering an anime and then doing it in uh, the dub versus the sub, or mm-hmm. specifically, in your case, picking the Spanish sub. <laughs> um, but, so, I think last time I talked about, uh, I was getting back into a show called Log Horizon mm-hmm. um, that I really liked. Uh, I tried, I can't remember if I had just started trying to rewatch it or if the, uh, if I was rewatching some of the stuff leading up to it, but I tried watching that in Japanese because they didn't initially announce that there was going to be an English dub coming out anytime soon. Yeah. Um, and it's a, this, this season especially, it's called Destruction of the Round Table, which is like a, a political conference. And so watching something about politics in Japanese, I just couldn't do it <laughs> I, I could not i could not pay enough attention like to the dialogue i would miss stuff like all the time right. but thankfully uh actually like the day before or on my birthday i saw online as like hey there's an english dub coming out so i've i stopped watching it for a couple weeks and now i'm getting back into it again in the english dub uh in the english dub nice. which is nice. which is nice and they got most of the voice cast back even though it's been forever so wow. it wasn't too much of a transition so. yeah so that's been a lot of fun. I've really been enjoying that, but I'm only like three episodes in because I started over. Ah, <laughs> so ah. Uh, to the new season. So cool. But that's been really cool. And then I also 
randomly, uh, I think just something started playing, uh, like after I watched a YouTube video or something, or I was listening to a podcast, uh, while I was driving for work or something, and somebody started talking about a show that I used to watch growing up. Um, have you, either of you guys ever heard of, uh, Zoids? Yeah, I remember I remember commercials for it. I don't ever, I don't think I I ever watched it. I I remember thinking, is this related to Transformers? Not really. Or, Or Gundam. It, I was thinking, uh, Power Rangers, because yeah, oh no, a, those were Zords. It was like yeah. sorry, it was like kind of in between all of those things. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty much in between all of those things. Yeah. Um, it was it was like Mecha Animals, right? Well, yeah, in uh, in the U.S., uh, they released there were two shows that were uh, out for a long time. They've actually done a whole bunch since then, I guess. But uh, they released the second one first, which was kind of like a tournament battle thing between uh, between Mecha Animals, pretty much. And I watched that, like, I it would come on at when I got home from school as a kid, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool. The version of it that I actually ended up going back and watching was actually the first show that they ever made, uh, which was, like, a... I randomly discovered it one morning when I, when I was a kid. Like, I woke up really early to get ready for school, and I was like, oh, Zoids is on, because it just had the same thing on the guide, and it was a completely different show. And the first show was, like, actually a... Uh, it's more fantasy, but it's like a in a war torn setting. It's like factions and all this stuff, and it's a little bit more political. Zoids after dark, pretty much. <laughs> or, uh, it was school. <laughs> it was more violent. Like I think they actually had to edit it down a bit to actually get it on American TV. Not that there was anything too terrible, but you know censorship, right. especially back then. Right. Yeah, um, I remember seeing the commercial for this and thinking, okay, those look pretty cool. Yeah, but I couldn't differentiate it from Gundam. So I went back. Um, and I started watching some of that again, and I'm really enjoying it. The uh, like many like late '90s, early 2000s, the dub's a little a little iffy, but um, the story overall is really fun. Uh, and the one that I've been watching is actually called uh, Zoids Chaotic Century. I was about to say that's the you got Zoids, you got Zoids Chaotic Century. All right, well, so here's what we're gonna do. Well, do, give us a taste of the theme song. Okay. So that's what we got here. I'm ready. I'm ready too. It sounds like Ramstein. Yeah, <laughs> I would say. Also, like many uh, many English dubs, the theme song is better in Japanese. <laughs> but uh, we should do an episode on anime theme songs. Anime that theme change songs. from like the the like anime English versus, and we can talk about some of the censorship from like the Yu Gi Oh where it's mm-hmm. like. Which is another thing I noticed. Mm. We're going back and watching Yu-Gi-Oh. In the Japanese manga, they were like chasing Kaiba and they have guns. Oh. In the four kids anime, they bust in and they're literally just pointing their fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and like stick him up, Kaiba, and Kaiba's just like, "Haha, bye." <laughs> so, and that's the thing, like in the Zoids show too, because it's about war, and so there's literally a character that, like, I think in Japanese, his whole thing is that he's like this gun-toting vigilante. <laughs> And they can he can never point a gun at anybody in the uh, in the American. <laughs> he has the gun, so they have to like they have to basically re- overhaul his personality, and that that's one area where the dub is actually really good. Uh, like they okay. get him like a really intimidating voice, and but you, you go back and you watch the scenes, like he's literally pointing a gun at the camera most of the time, and like the Japanese <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's been a lot that's, of fun. Uh, that's one thing they changed in uh, in One Piece. Is that Sanji the cook is always smoking, like he always has a cigarette. In the four kids, it's a lollipop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, I think that would be a lot of fun. The censorship and then the the need to take 
the theme songs and just replace them with like rock and roll and just saying the name of the show or yes, over yes. and over again. Oh, I definitely. <laughs> I, would, I would play the One Piece one right now because I actually legitimately love it. But I'm not going to. I'm going to save it for that. Let me let me put that on show ideas. Get a, show ideas. Get a rock the dragon. Oh, dragon man. Ball Z. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <sighs> the thing is, like, and I I, I I I don't want to jump into this. Uh, so just like short aside, some animes have like a legitimate full music video intro. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you couldn't make a 20 minute show, so you made a 17 minute show. Come on, guys. Right. Right. But yeah. So those those are the two anime that I've kind of been. Enjoying. Cool. Wait, waiting for My Hero Academia to come back. Oh, man. I love that show. That manga is really good. Haven't been watching it, but it's 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 really, really good. Cool. Keep All right, Ashley. What have you been... Uh, well, uh, as I mentioned... That, that's a deep cut. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I that I totally forgotten about that. Never watched it. Never heard the theme song. That I mean, that honestly, I was like, oh, this sounds like Alien Ant Farm or Papa Roach or something <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, drop D, hello. <laughs> right? <laughs> the one thing I can play on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as I was saying in uh, my, my intro, um, lots of podcasts here lately, uh, here in February and March. Um, my, uh, my, my job, uh, I, I, I'm aware of many hats, uh, mostly a freelance writer, but my other job um, keeps me on the road. A few days a week, so uh, I get to uh, blast through a lot of podcasts. Um, so a few of the ones I've been enjoying, um, one I just uh, caught up on today is called Nerdy Laser. It's kind of, um, it, basically their tagline is keep it nerdy because somebody has to. And I was like, okay, on it. I kind of stumbled upon this podcast by accident. I went to uh, Con Carolinas maybe two years ago, uh, which is our, our local sci-fi convention. These two guys were doing a panel on adaptation. And uh, they made reference to a podcast called Assignment Horror, which uh, they were on. I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. The premise was you've got uh, three folks on the podcast. One of the guys uh, is a bit younger, hasn't seen a lot of horror movies, uh, that at least that the two older people had. And so they assign him a horror movie to watch, and then they all talk about it. I was like, oh, that sounds like exactly like what we did. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, this sounds really interesting. Um, so I, uh, I enjoyed that. Anyway, uh, on the same feed was this podcast called Nerdy Laser. Um, the Assignment Horror Podcast is now defunct, but, so I just, well, I was like, well, I, this, this sounds kind of interesting, you know, I want to figure out what this is, so, I'm listening to Nerdy Laser. The two hosts are from my hometown of Maryville, Tennessee. That's really interesting. W- yeah, which is insane to me, uh, because it's a tiny podunk town that nobody knows about. What's the name of it? You, you say it in a Tennessee accent, so I heard, Maryville, Tennessee. Maryville. M-A-R-Y-V-I-L-L-E. Maryville, Tennessee. It's where I'm, or it's where I grew up. But, uh, yeah, so two guys uh, talk about um, cult film, television. Uh, Right now they're doing, like, the Monsters of March. They're kind of watching all of the the, uh, modern Godzilla and King Kong films um, leading up to uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, which is coming out at the end of this month. Mm, So Nice. um, How can you say it's a podunk town? You have a dam and mill race and a historical museum. (laughs) Well, I mean... It's not... Let me, okay, let me rephrase. Podunk is... There's an airport near you. <laughs> technically, that airport's in Alcoa. Yeah, no, I see that. <laughs> Which, technically, Alcoa used to be North Maribel, but... Yeah. I was going to say, you're just south of Knoxville, but that doesn't help your situation in Podunk. Sorry, Knoxville. Yeah, no. I've been there. <laughs> Knoxville's the third largest city in the state. It's, I know, and but it's, it feels... It's so funny. It yeah, feels it's, pretty Podunk. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a small, big big city. But anyway, yeah, yeah so the, the two hosts are from my hometown, and... 
I was like, wow, I, I don't listen to a podcast with a lot of Southern people on it. And it's like, shockingly, neither of them are my cousins. So, <laughs> which is perhaps even more impressive. Anyway, uh, so if you like cult film, if you like uh, horror movies, if you like uh, genre film and television, uh, I, I think you might enjoy Nerdy Laser. It is not safe for work in terms of language. So, you know, if you're listening at work, uh, put your headphones on. <laughs> I, was, I was actually going to bring up. Uh, you, sorry, you said not, not safe for work. So that made me think of uh, some. Uh, in, there's there's uh, there's an anime called Soul Eater, mm-hmm. which is really good, mm-hmm. and is not like it's 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 a little grotesque in that it, it deals with horror themes, right? But it's like you could your teenagers teenage kids like 13, 14 could watch it and right. no problem. Like I, I, I wouldn't it would it's no more horrifying than Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Except for there's one guy, a werewolf. I think his name is Freed. And in the Japanese, and then obviously they probably changed it in English, but in the Japanese, he will just randomly, like when something bad happens, he'll just say, God damn shit! <laughs> <laughs> in English. In English he says this. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like a Firefly uh, swearing in Chinese. Right, right. Like, like oh, Chinese, Chinese teenagers can't watch uh, Firefly because there's too much swearing in it. <laughs> So anyway, if you're into um, uh, sci-fi, uh, fantasy, horror um, genre stuff, uh, I would recommend Nerdy Laser. They also just did uh, a whole like walkthrough of WandaVision, which was pretty cool. Yeah, so that that's one of the podcasts. I actually just caught up on all of it today, so um, I've been working on that one. The podcast or WandaVision? Um, uh, the podcast, okay. sorry. Nerdy Laser. Um, then, uh, speaking of science fiction... Um, the folks at Roddenberry put out a new podcast uh, back in January called Sci-Fi Five. Um, it's five minutes of science fiction history, five days a week. So nice. uh, my That's friend, cool. yeah, my friend Earl Green, who uh, he works. Um, he, Earl Green, Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> a joke that he's never heard before, except I, for I, me. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he he has never heard that before ever. Um, but he uh, he does audio production at Roddenberry, uh, but he also does a host of podcasts. Um, so he does some of the audio production on Sci-Fi Five. He also actually writes. Uh, a lot of it, because he actually did a podcast about, uh, it was a daily sci-fi history podcast uh, called uh, The Escape Pod. He did that for several years, and so he's actually getting to take the, all that work he did on The Escape Pod and right now for Roddenberry. That's, that's his job, which is really cool. Anyway, so you get to hear him on that as well, but Earl also puts out a host of podcasts himself uh, through his website, thelogbook.com. Lately, he's dropped a new episode of Retrogram, where he looks at a week of genre television in... Um, you know, at, on a certain, you know, date in history, which is really neat, like, just to hear, like, oh, what was on TV uh, the week of July 7th, 1985? That's my birthday. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, he, he'll take that week and look at all of the genre TV that aired, so sci-fi, fantasy, spy-fi, that sort of thing. It's pretty neat to get kind of a snapshot of what was occurring then. What, what was that one called? Uh, that one is called Retrogram. 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 There's a there's a podcast I listen to called Thirty Twenty Ten that is in that exact same vein, where each week they look at what came out, like film, movies, uh, music, news, thirty and twenty and ten years ago. Um, Somebody else recommended that podcast to me as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, now I will say, um, well, I do love I I do listen to podcasts, I do enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. The hosts' uh, political views do not agree with me, so when they start talking about certain films mm-hmm. and they start very overt about their views, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. guys, move on to the next film. But mm-hmm. I, overall, I do enjoy it a lot. Okay, cool. Um, and something you'll also appreciate, yeah. um, there, uh, one of the women who, who's on there, um, 
Oh my gosh, her name's Diane. You can't remember her last name. But she's like a film buff. Okay. And so she has a segment, everyone, um, called Diana's Classic Corner, where she, she goes she goes for the week and she goes back more than 30 years. And so she goes like the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and recommends movies from way back. Oh, oh all right. Yeah, that's, that's really neat. Cool. Um, this week, Earl had another uh, one of his podcasts drop. It's called Don't Give This Tape to Earl. It's kind of like uh, kind of slice of life kind of stuff. He talks about, you know, kind of what we're doing tonight, things he's been geeking out lately, but also um, here's some of my history with this nerdy thing, mm. um, which is pretty cool. He's got another podcast called Select Game, which is about the Magnavox Odyssey 2, ah. which is a system that I own and love. Um, fun fact, they were manufactured in Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, one of my former managers actually used to work there doing like product testing for ah. them, so it was pretty cool. So if you're into that, I would recommend any of Earl's podcasts. They're always really interesting, and he does a great job of researching and, and, you know, giving you a really solid, informative podcast. And Earl has, uh, <laughs> he uh, he uh, once was referred to as Earl Dove Tonsils Green, because uh, he has just a really nice, very pleasant voice. Mm. So, yeah, so I'd recommend any of Earl's podcasts. The other couple of podcasts that, you know, are a, in, in steady rotation in my uh, podcast feed, uh, the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast uh, put out by my friend Ferg. If you are into um, the history of the Atari 2600 and its many, many games, um, hmm. uh, Ferg is actually going game. He's been doing this for several years, going literally game, game by, by game. game. Well, the good um, news is they're not getting any more. <laughs> At some point, you finish. Uh, you would be surprised. He's actually tackling a lot of the homebrew stuff, too. So, oh, that's awesome. I, yeah. It's... It's, that's something that's been really fascinating to me that mm -hmm. I've seen crop up is people are making homebrew games and putting them on actual physical cartridges that you can like pop into your Nintendo or your Atari mm -hmm. and play a game mm -hmm. that somebody made today. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. We've, yeah. a, we've actually got a friend that is doing that currently. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. He's, he's working on an NES game. So. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, it's a great podcast. He always does a, a great show. And it's great, too, if you... Uh, are in the car a lot. It's a little longer show, so mm. ranging anywhere from forty-five minutes to two hours, uh, depending on how much like he he'll um, read or if people send in like audio submissions on feedback on their games of like the memory of the game or whatever, or if they played that game over the, like the two weeks that he gives you to hey, if you want to put in feedback for the for the show, get it to me by this date. And some people will go and like um, play the game either on their console or through um, ROMs or. Mame or whatever, so that one's pretty what? cool. Did you say ROMs? <laughs> right. um, I say as a person who has a Pokemon <laughs> ROM hack on their phone right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good show. Uh, it's really fun. Um, another one that I listen to, Steady Rotation, IC Robots Radio. Um, it's uh, It's got three different shows in the feed right now. Uh, one is uh, the IC Robots Stuck at Home show. IC Robots Robots, pretty cool guy, but uh, you know, he, since the pandemic started, he's been uh, doing a show once, sometimes twice a week. Like, hey, here's what I'm I'm doing to keep myself occupied while I'm at home. And so uh, he collects action figures. So he talks about those, talks about comics, film, television. You know, just basically, again, kind of what we're doing right now. What are you geeking out about at the moment? So I've really enjoyed that. He's he's a he's a he's a cool guy. Uh, I know him via the internet. So. Um, another show that's in that feed, uh, the uh, Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast. Uh, again, kind of a slice of life. What am I geeking out about? That sort of thing. And then uh, the other one that's in the feed is uh, Geek Fest Rants. Uh, it's hosted by uh, Carlos Perón. Carlos does like a deep dive into um, 
again, genre film, action figures, comics, books, uh, toys, conventions, that sort of thing. So, again, if you're into, like, throwback, retro-ish genre, like, sci-fi fantasy genre kind of stuff, uh, I would recommend any of those podcasts. I think you'd enjoy those as well. But that's all in one feed, IC Robots Radio. And then my, my, my old reliables... The Retroist Podcast and Saturday Frights Podcast are in their current seasons. So, again, Retroist, it's all things retro. So, he does film, television, comics. Um, his most recent one, he he, uh, he finds, like, the history of fast food really interesting. And I you know, I enjoy his takes on it. So, his most recent one's about the McRib, which is... which is So uncivilized. <laughs> pretty pretty uh, interesting history, whether you enjoy McRib sandwiches or not. I don't know that I've ever had one. It never seemed appealing to me. And I like ribs. But... Yeah, yeah. I, honestly, I don't know that I've ever had one from McDonald's. But um, <laughs> when I was in elementary, middle school, they would occasionally for lunch would have a what they called a McRib sandwich. But it was basically the same thing like you could get yeah. at lunch in the cafeteria. So uh, that's like my only experience with the McRib. And it did not have the signature pickles and onions and all that. Good boy, <laughs> Tasty stuff. And then, of course, Saturday Frights is about retro horror and uh, film and television. Anyway, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I said, <laughs> Ashley, too many podcasts. Thomas. <laughs> uh, but that's what's been in my regu- regular rotation the past couple of months. So. Well, uh, I've been playing a game which is great for listening to podcasts, uh, Valheim, uh-huh. which is just blown up. And a couple of people I play, I play games with got a dedicated server, so we've been playing... Uh, we played Valheim, and it's 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 really fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's kind of like Skyrim meets Minecraft. Mm-hmm. So you basically you're a, you're a, a a a Viking, and you literally get dumped into this world, uh, the tenth realm, and Odin's like, "Hey, uh, kill these bosses for me." And so you know, it just like most survival games, you start off mostly naked, and you run around and you pick up sticks and stones, and you. So you're the Terminator. Yes, <laughs> and you turn them into an axe, and you know you can. Oh no, I can chop down wood and this and that and the other. But it's got a pretty decent. There are some. I have some niggles with the game. There are a couple of things that are a little obnoxious. But you know, the leveling up system is basically: hey, if you use the skill, you level up. And then there's not really a penalty for dying. You lose your skills. You lose like levels in your skill, but that's not that big of a deal. Um, so you can respawn infinitely, and you just you can run back to your body and get your stuff again. But you know, you you start off really weak, and then you build things, and then after you fight the first boss, you unlock. Like, it's it's very logically gated progression where uh, after you be the first boss, you get the materials you need to make a pickaxe. Okay, well, now you can mine metal, so now you can now you can progress into the next biome, which has harder enemies, but now you can get better stuff, and, and so on and so forth. So, so we've been doing it, but, I, but what I really found, and I, I think I understand why people play Minecraft and Terraria in these games, is what I found really soothing is when I, I was getting, like, stressed out because, you know, schoolwork and, and all these other things, I would just jump into Valheim and just start renovating the house because we had just unlocked, oh... Now I, I can build with stone, so I can build things higher. So I just went in and started tearing everything down and, like, little by little building it up. I mean, this giant lighthouse with a diving board and, like, a fire pit on top and, you know, two stories of the house and a blue chest that were sorting everything out. And it was very relaxing, uh, very cathartic and relaxing to just kind of build this massive thing. And then, you know, every now and then... I get attacked by trolls. So I kind of am like, get away from my, get off my lawn, you kid! Um, Don't you so, dare step in that fire pit! Also, one, one, one thing that happened was, so my little sister Abigail, we've been playing, we've been adventuring around. Um, so we built our first boat, which we called the WAP. Moving on. The second boat we called the Sticks. The second, the, the big boat we called Sticks Bowden's Daughter. Come sail away. Uh, and so we, 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 we found where the third boss was. We sailed over. We tried to make a base. We go to fight the boss. And we pull out our bows, 
and it's like looking damage and we're like okay well what do we do the boss comes over and literally one hand pimp slaps us and we die instantly <laughs> we're like oh so then a little bit later i'm getting on and this is what i really love about the game is and, and i would recommend if you if you're going to play valheim look up as little as possible okay if you want to look up like oh what do i do with this material you can look that up or you know how do i find this specific thing you can look that up but try not to spoil it because some of the most interesting moments I've had in the game with Abigail are things just happen unexpectedly. Like, we found out for the first time, like, oh, if you don't hold on to the mast on the boat and you hit a wave, you go flying off. <laughs> so and you drown that way. And we're like, oh, whoops. And when we found this, like, random island and we're like, hey, what's that? Let's go mine it. And there's something we can mine on there. We're like, cool. So we're on, the, we're on this island mining this thing. And then the whole island shifts and sinks into the ocean and we drown. And we're like, oh, so that happened. And, and, and things like that. So there's a lot of really organic surprises that come out. And then, but, but the end of this story is, so typically like, oh, the boss kills you. You die. You come back. You gotta summon the boss again or, or he goes away, right? So I'm going over to get my stuff and the boss music starts playing and the boss toxic rain starts playing. I'm like, he's what, what? And he starts charging towards me. I'm like, oh no. So I run. I jump in the boat. And I start sailing away, and he chases me across the ocean. This giant sludge monster literally walks across the ocean towards me, and I like get away. And every time I come back to the ocean, he's still there. And I he went to a completely different island, chasing me the entire time. I was like, "What is happening in this game? This dude is relentless." Uh, that I, I've been having a lot of fun with that game. And then the other game I've been playing, which I, I kind of took a break from, is uh, a a um, 2D platformer called Hollow Knight. Okay. okay. And it's, it's really, really, really good. Music is fantastic. Uh, and it basically, you're in this world of bugs. Okay. Like, everyone is, is an insect or insect-like insect creature. And so you're this little you're this little bug with a cape and a sword. You're adorable, first of all. And it's kind of a skill-based platformer, you know, jumping, dodging, things like that. But, but And I haven't gotten far enough in the story to figure out what exactly is going on, but something has been, like, corrupting... A bunch of things. So you're in this kind of almost post post apocalyptic bug empire, where there's still safe havens and there's still people around, but a lot of things have fallen to corruption. Honestly, like one of the saddest things I found was I, I I got into this mine and there's this little miner who's mining and she's singing this little song and she's like super happy. And she's like, "Hi, you want to mine too?" Like she's great. Then I left and come back and she's like not moving, and I go over to her and she's like starts speaking nonsense. And I'm like. Abby, what happened? She's like, oh yeah, she gets corrupted, and next time you come back, she attacks you. I'm like, no! This adorable <laughs> little bug! And then there's this guy who, like, gives you a map to the area, and it doesn't tell you where he is, but when you go into the room, you can hear him humming, and there are, like, little scraps of paper that you can follow to find him, and he's, like, humming along and, and scribbling off his map. It's, it's just, like, it's dripping with charm. It's really fun. It's hard. I've died so many times in that game. Like, it's ridiculous. But it's really, really good. It's just beautifully drawn, beautifully animated, Amazing soundtrack, challenging. I don't know if I'd say challenging, but fair. There are a couple of times where I was like, mm, I hit that button. Um, but it's 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 really really good. And you know, like if a little bug, if like a bug being affected negatively can move me emotionally, then it's it's a well made game. So and it's yeah. been out for a while, and people have lauded it with praise. But I've just started playing it, so it's really really good. Cool. You know, you um you brought up how uh, you were, you kind of compared the. Um... Was the first name of the first game Valheim uh, to Minecraft? Have you guys seen in the news this week? Uh, they've actually created a position for a mines, uh, Minecraft landscaper. But in in where? Like in real like in uh, I, I can't remember. I think it's like a British company okay, or something is actually hiring for it. But it's like 
it's basically exactly what it sounds like. It's somebody that you pay to come in and check out your Minecraft world, tell you how to set it up, tell you how to make it look good. Apparently, they have had the job listing out for like a week or so, and it's getting spammed by like 12 and 15 year olds. an hour? Yeah, like 50 to 70. You can set your own rates, but it's around 50 an hour. To wow. To log in and tell people how, where to plant their crops and how to build a pretty house and all that kind of stuff. So, so, so... I guess what is what is the function of hiring somebody <clears throat> to be a Minecraft landscaper is just for your the own ad, personal use. Or? The ad seeks to recru- recruit a collective. This is a company, a real life company, yeah. right? Re- seeks to recruit a collective of virtual landscape gardeners to provide professional advice to players looking to improve their in-game outdoor space. What is this company? Involves it's a British company that does actual gardening things. Yeah. Involves wow. evaluating a client's current setup and providing creative feedback, creating multiple designs for any future, potential future revamps. Must, must also ensure clients stay within their budget, which appears to be referring to Minecoin, the in-game currency. Wow. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and I guess this is because people are looking at, like, people have done, like, Minas Tirith and all these ridiculous, and, like, right. all, like, all these ridiculous building projects in Minecraft, which is funny because in Valheim, they, it has, like, limits on how high you can build things, mm-hmm. and people are still like, someone did the Eiffel Tower, and it's just this tower in monstrosity. Someone did the Millennium Falcon. Someone did, like, recreated uh, all of Skyrim. <laughs> and I was like, that's appropriate. Wow. So, so that's wild. I yeah. can't believe people pay money for this. But, um, yeah, apparently they've gotten a lot of, a lot of, uh, applications from, you know, children as well, <laughs> who seem pretty qualified. But, yeah, you know, you know. It's... Child labor laws are ruining this country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, but... that's a real thing that's actually happening. That's so much more than I get paid. That's <laughs> not fair. Right? <laughs> Good I don't know if the Fortnite tutor game is still going, too. That was oh another thing that happened for Fortnite's a while. Fortnite's dead. I haven't heard about Fortnite in forever. I'm sure it's, people still play it, but, like, they they messed up big time. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they had this event where they basically, like, were launching the next season. Mm-hmm. And when you logged on, the game was crashed for, like, like deliberately crashed for, like, three, two or three days. And with that kind of live service game, you got to have the momentum. Yeah. And so it just, like... They yeah. just, I just haven't been able to recover. They haven't bounced back. See, I've never really gotten into it, but I, I keep hearing about like people that are still enjoying playing it like on podcasts. And stuff. I'm sure. Pretty much just obsessively to get all the character skins, because they've done DC, Marvel, The they Mandalorian. Have, they, they have the most ridiculous sponsorships and crossovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's EA money. Well, they uh, they actually crossed over. They did an actual in-continuity crossover with Marvel Comics when they yeah, did the thing. That's what's ridiculous about that to me. It's not just like cameos. It's like actual canonicity. Right. In my in Fortnite. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Right. And they're getting ready to do the same thing with Batman, apparently. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Throw Batman in there. Give him a gun. Let him build some stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you been keeping up with this um, King in Black stuff? No. Uh, a little bit. What is uh, it? It's a Marvel Comics event uh, that's going on right now. It's uh, done by Donny Cates, and it's basically something he's been building up to for a long time. Uh, i trying to remember when he actually... Uh, he got on the Venom book a while back, and he introduced uh, this character, Null, God of the Symbiotes, and kind of rewrote Venom's origin a couple years after they completely rewrote Venom's origin. <laughs> um, yeah, and so all of that he's done since then. I think he's currently doing Thor. He's also done like a Silver Surfer miniseries, uh, which had Null in it, which was really good. It's uh, Silver, Silver Surfer Black. Um, good read even by itself. But yeah, right now... What's happening is basically 
that character is coming to Earth and everyone is getting attacked by symbiote dragons and all this kind of crazy stuff. I can't afford to keep up with comics as they're out right now. Right, but right. So the I'm reason aware, I bring it up is because like, is, is my Google feed keeps giving me um, articles about Gwenum. Yeah. Apparently oh. Gwen is Gwen is a Venom symbiote now. I, I've seen the Funko Pop. I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. I just assumed it was a uh, a line of Funko Pops. Yeah, well, <laughs> because they have, like, it's always the Gwen, king in black and yeah, never the queen in black. Gwenum or whatever. So. Well, I mean, uh, Spider-Gwen started out as just like a little tie-in character that the people really like the costume design, and then they kind of moved on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you couldn't have Spider-Gwen and not do Gwenum once they had an ongoing Reasonable. series. Reasonable. And then, uh, I think, she, like, she actually has had the symbiote ever since. Like, if there's oh. something... So what you're telling me is Belbiv DeVoe was saying about her? That girl is poison. <laughs> poison! <laughs> No, Poison is another symbiote. <laughs> is, it, is there actually a symbiote called Poison? I believe so. That's just no, lazy. Excuse me. The Poisons are things that are like the anti-symbiotes that can eat symbiotes and kill them. So this is like the antibiotics of symbiotes? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Wait, but so not, poison not can anti-venom. Kill... There's another character. <laughs> poison How the force works. It's ridiculous. Uh, wow. Um, Dang. Comics. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> your, yeah point, your point of, uh, they rebooted Venom and then he just rebooted Venom again. Yeah. Reminds me of one of my favorite lines from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, you see, their first album isn't as good as their first album. Well, they basically, like a few years ago, they had Flash Thompson as Venom. They were trying to make him into a hero. So they took him to the planet of the symbiotes and they're like, oh, yeah, the symbiotes aren't bad. They're actually, like, basically Green Lanterns, where they're like a space police force. And that lasted about 12 issues, and then they redid it again. Psych! And then Space few, Nazis! A couple Goodbye. years later, they were like, no, they're actually, like, uh, creations of a dark god, and they overthrew him, and all this kind of crazy stuff. Must not have been. There's, a, there's dragons. God's getting overthrown, like, you're not a very good god if you're getting overthrown by your creations. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. god at best. Like, come on now. So, yeah. But... That's basically what I know about King and Black. I haven't read any of the mm-hmm. actual event, but I've, I've read some of the lead up to it. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of comics. Yeah, yeah. Speaking Jason, of comics, too many comics, Daniel. Okay, so I kind of like last time I was kind of going through some uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch stuff because WandaVision was going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a little bit of stuff. There's for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'd actually not too long ago reread a lot of uh, the actual original Winter Soldier story, which I believe is. I'm blanking on who actually wrote that. I think it was Brubaker? Would not know. Brubaker. Either make beer or make bread, pick lunch. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) But, um... Bad jokes. There's not a lot of stuff where uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier actually team up in the comics. They Mm -hmm. always kind of... They usually aren't sidekicking with Captain America at the same time. Right. But uh, so I've been I've been kind of picking back through that. I, I reread through a comic that had the Winter Soldier in it. Uh, it was actually a Winter Soldier Hawkeye team up called Tales of Suspense, which is pretty good. The names that throw back to one of Marvel's really classic classic comics. I, I think was that's, about to say Tales of Suspense is a series. Yeah, yeah, that was a series. I believe that's where Iron Man was initially introduced. I think that's right. Um, and then, but more recently, the the show I'm more excited about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm really interested in. I watched the first episode. I really enjoyed it. But uh, I'm more interested in the Loki series that's coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, in 
preparation for that after watching the trailer, I've been going back through some uh, Loki comics that I really enjoyed. Starting off with uh, Kieran Gillen's run on Thor, which is where, I don't know if uh, you guys have ever seen Kid Loki. No. Uh, which is like a version of... In, in comics, uh, Loki was killed off in an event called Siege, and then he was brought back. And the twist was, instead of him being, you know, his normal evil self, it was like this, uh, like, teenage kid. And then he was... <laughs> so, basically drama? Yeah. Not as much as you would think, at least mm. not to begin with. Um, but basically, the whole arc was, he was... He had died, and so now he was trying to just be something else. He didn't want to be anything like his original counterpart, but everybody was like, oh, no, that's Loki. He's, he's evil, he's a trickster, all that kind of stuff. And so that leads into a really excellent series that I've just gotten back into called uh, Journey into Mystery, which is another, uh, another throwback that, that, title. That, that is another throwback That's actually uh, the series that Thor debuted in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that... It's weird. It starts out as a tie-in book to an event that is not super great called Fear Itself, but it was a very Thor-centric event where basically everyone gets a hammer. <laughs> um, so Oprah was writing that one? You get a hammer. You get a hammer. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like the event that much, but the tie-in is really good. And the thing that's really fun about it is it's basically this really young, pretty much depowered version of Loki going around and trying to assist in his own like, mischievous way, playing to his strengths. So he goes, and he's, like, cutting deals with Hela and Mephisto and trying to work everything out and trying to be a good guy and defy the expectations of everybody else. But he's still Loki. And so I kind of feel like that's the tone that uh, this new show is going to end up being, even though it's going to be more of a time travel thing with Owen Wilson. But (laughs) Which I'm super excited about. I haven't seen Owen Wilson do anything for such a long time. Yeah, I'd say. I, I've, I've not watched any of the trailers for Loki. I haven't even gotten to watch the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier yet, but um, everything you've described sounds very fascinating. Yeah, right. so, sounds great. Um, and then going from that, I'm going to be jumping into another miniseries that came after that called Loki Agent of Asgard, which I think is what the show is really going to feel like. The character, Gotta protect that butt. The character ends up Asgard. getting uh, <laughs> aged up to old Loki. Loki? To look a little bit more like Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> um, hmm, funny how that happens. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a little break where the Kid Loki character... I don't want to spoil the ending of Journey into Mystery, but something happens. He ends up... The book has a very definitive ending. It's actually described a lot of times, I think by the author, as a comedy in 30 parts and a tragedy in 31. Oh. Um, so it's, it's a really good story. I'd highly recommend it to anybody that likes... Uh, Thor and Loki, or just even fantasy comics. But then it goes into a thing called Agents of Asgard, which is Loki on missions uh, for, at that time, the All-Mother, because Odin was away for some reason that was explained. And basically, he's trying to earn... uh, Every time he completes a mission for them, he gets one of his past uh, sins taken off of his record. Like, nobody remembers one of the things that he did. So it's more of that whole journey... Interesting. Of trying to be more heroic and all that kind of stuff. So I've basically been re- reading through Loki series. Those are the two main ones that I really enjoy, is that Journey into Mystery and then Agent of Asgard. And uh, Agent of Asgard leads all the way up to when Marvel rebooted itself in Secret War. And so Loki gets all the way to the point where he's like, oh yeah, the universe is ending. And <laughs> then just kind of whoops, kind of ends there, which was a lot of series around that time. There's yeah. quite a few where like, a series will end with like a fade to white because the universe no longer. Um, but really good stuff. That's kind of what I've been geeking out on comic book wise lately. A lot of Loki. 
It's funny, I, I, you'd think it wouldn't be possible, and I actually have some audio from Kid Loki. Yeah. Don't look to me, Obi-Wan. Don't make me kill you. How can you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. <laughs> it's not. It's not that far off. <laughs> you underestimate me. That's not the Jedi way. <laughs> I have a lot of Anakin in here. <laughs> oh, some some, some might say uh, too much. Too much. No, uh, some would be wrong because I purged like half of the Anakin it, on here. It, it, it and might... yet, <laughs> it might. <laughs> it might end up coming in handy next week, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's well, technically, it's only episode one, so maybe not. <laughs> I need to get now. This is pod racing. <laughs> I'll try spinning. That's a good move. <laughs> I'm not a slave of a person. My name is Anakin. <laughs> Garbage. <sighs> so back to you, Ashley. Say, say, Jason. Did you have? I was. I was pretty much it for me. Okay. Okay. Yesterday, I actually had the pleasure of helping to moderate a Q&A with Professor Caroline Larrington, who's a professor, I believe, at Oxford, if I remember correctly. She, um... What was her name? Uh, Caroline Larrington. Uh, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-N-E. St. John's College, Oxford. Yep. Uh, but anyway, she, uh, she's done some scholarship on, uh... Look at her, her headshot is so epic. Look at that. She's yeah. really cool. Uh, but uh, she's done a lot of scholarship on, like, King Arthur and um, other fantasy topics. But specifically what we interviewed her about, and when I say we, I, I mean uh, me and my one of my cohorts from uh, Signum University, uh, uh, Professor uh, Gabriel Schenk. Gabriel and I uh, did a Q&A with her on her most recent book, uh, which is on the Game of Thrones TV series called All Men Must Die. So uh, I've spent the past week uh, or so reading that book, and I... I found it really interesting as somebody who hated the way the show ended. I appreciated how she, who has, you know, seen the show multiple times, read all the books, was able to look at the show specifically for what it did versus me, who is far too emotionally invested in it, <laughs> can only look at it as like, they did that wrong. <laughs> um, so I, I, I thought it was really fascinating. Uh, the book covered things like prophecy, monsters, cripples, bastards, and broken things, gender, politics, things like that. Um, so it was, it was a really interesting book. Um, if you are a fan of the TV show, want to take a deeper dive into it, uh, if you want to see someone actually make a really, like, well-done attempt to make sense of that finale, um, she actually does a, a really good job of highlighting things uh, that the show did that were truly groundbreaking uh things that you don't common see uh commonly see within the fantasy genre so anyway that was really fun that q a is actually up on youtube it went up today so if you want to watch our q a it's there on the signum university channel but yeah so um yeah all men must die uh by uh professor caroline larrington i feel attacked yeah me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes sorry <laughs> Uh, so Sorry, I'm, guys. I'm, I'm on. I'm on the. All men must die. I'm on the St. John's. We are not men. <laughs> I'm on the St. John's College of Oxford, uh, and they're celebrating their 2019. They're celebrating their 40th anniversary of, of admitting women. Okay. Since 1555, St. John's is in this 40th. They've been around for 400 years, and in 79, they're like. I guess we can have women. <laughs> right. Which I, I realize is not like if they were admitting women in, in 1560, it would be it would be seen as weird. But mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's just pretty funny that it's such an old college. Right. <laughs> that, that is fascinating. 
All right, so let me talk about the one that my whole family... Now, obviously, WandaVision, I think we talked about it a little bit uh, in yeah. the last episode. Yeah, we did all touch um, on but WandaVision. But it wasn't finished. Uh, I thought it was, it was really funny because it was so strange, and it got, like, less strange as it went on, which is not a spoiler. It got more traditional Marvel-y. But even then, I think it, it kept... It held on a little bit, especially at the end, even though it, it kind of had a very typical Marvel-esque ending, and they still managed to tweak that a little bit um, and have... And, 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 Subvert it in, in some in some fun ways. Yeah, um, post credit scene helped a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, the the many post credit scenes. Yeah, um, I, I will say, and I I heard this complaint, and I, I kind of agree with it. I, I feel like uh, Rambo's character they, they they didn't quite know what to do with her. Like she she served her purpose as a plot MacGuffin, and then they they were having trouble finding reasons for her to stick around. My my understanding is uh, that last episode actually got cut. Um, a bit. There was actually going to be a scene, more scenes with her and the kids. Like uh, mm-hmm. I guess that there was originally going to be that crazy rabbit that uh, yeah Ag- Agatha had actually was going to like morph into a demon and attack them. And there was going to be like an action scene in her major lair. spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I mean, it's been out for a few weeks. I mean, yeah. This goes out. It'll have been over for quite. You know a what? <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get it edited this week. Yeah, hopefully um, so. Hopefully so. Uh, but but so so that's been great. Haven't started Winter Soldier yet. Really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to Loki. But what I have been watching, other than Yu-Gi-Oh, <laughs> is a K drama, uh, Netflix original K drama called Crash Landing on You. And and you know, I started watching it because my little sister Naomi was like, we need to watch this as a family. She, she was watching it with our our mother. And she was like, we should just watch this as a family. It's so good. Everyone's going to love it. And we're like, okay, you know what? I, I, I'm completely unfamiliar with K-Drama, but I watch a lot of anime. I feel like I can get it. And it's, it's funny, having watched so much anime, Ethan and I have been like calling plot points as they're about to happen because we're like, it's anime. Right. <laughs> this is what's right. happening. This is like, you can see the anime influence on this. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 16 episodes, and each episode's like an hour to an hour and a half long. So it is a time investment, not really like something you're going to go binge. Um, and honestly... Each episode is pretty emotionally taxing. Um, there's like tons of ups and downs in every single episode. Um, that deals with it's it's surprisingly lighthearted for something that deals with some pretty heavy themes. The bad guy is not a spoiler. The bad guy literally states his motivation. This is where it gets into the point of like this is a soap opera. The bad guy states his motivation to one of the characters and says, "I want to be able to kill people with impunity." Like that's literally what he says. I want to be able to kill people whenever I want. <laughs> that's wow. his, and, and they don't give like a backstory. And she's just like, he's always been evil. I was gonna say that sounds very anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like the 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 main male character, the main female character have a hidden, have a have met like a, you know like a, a faded past that they've met before, and and uh, her family's terrible, but his family's loving, and uh, it's 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 really really good, and it's really really funny, and he's got like this gang of uh, soldiers that are under his command that are just the most incompetent bumbling idiots that are just super endearing super adorable but <laughs> my, my, so i'll just tell you what i was referencing so there's a scene where they're trying to sneak out of this place and it's being watched by guards and so they have a guy he drives up and he pretends to be a british ambassador i mean he, he has like british ambassador that's his cover or, or it seems like a con man mm-hmm. and so they're like all right you need to distract the guard so he pretends to not be able to speak korean he's like hello is this the embassy yes Hi, handsome man. Open the door, please. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's very, very funny. 
Yeah, it's just it's just really adorable, and and it does a really good job of their their characters. You like, oh, I don't like this character, but you come around to them because they keep developing them, um, and and you know as they interact with the characters, they 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 grow to like each other. It's it's really adorable. Um, the main lead, Captain Ree, um, obviously he's hot, but there are a couple scenes where he's pouting, and his pouting face is like the funniest thing ever. He's ah, it's really funny. And I highly recommend watching it. Um, it, it. It employed some obviously. There's there's translation things coming over, and so um, the, the the whole premise of the show is um, the main female character, Soon uh, uh, Yoon Seri. She is like a fashion magnate in, in South Korea. She has her own company called Seri's Choice, um, and her dad like selects her to follow up with his company. He was in jail for some reason that hasn't been explained. I'm in episode 13, still haven't figured out why he went to jail. Um, his brothers. Her, her brothers are horrible, um, but they're trying to take over the company. She goes on a paragliding expedition and ends up crashing because there's like a freak, like Wizard of Oz style freak tornado, and she ends up in the DMZ, literally crash landing on the main male lead, Ree Jun Hyuk. And I'm, I'm mispronouncing all these names, so I apologize. Except for you and Zayri, that one's easier to pronounce. But uh, but Captain Ree. She literally crashes into the Captain Ree and she's like in North Korea. And so she's with the North Korean women and obviously they're they're like uh using these words, it's like, wait, what do you mean when you when you say that? And 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 so they're using all these swear words and he's like, Oh, you can't just call him this, you gotta call him this, that, and yeah. And it's like translating the different swear words they're using, and it's like asshat, something, gigabits with a Y. <laughs> Someone had too much fun translating this. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, geeky bitch. I like that one. <laughs> I was say, I can't say I've never heard that one before, but I like it. <laughs> it's very, very funny. And then she's like promising all the, the things. She's like, uh, he, she's like, I can give you this now or a million won after reunification. And they're like, <laughs> it's it's really, really good. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's 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 been a lot of fun to watch it. Every single episode without pause lands on a cliffhanger, and then like halfway through the season, you're like, there's a major plot point that needs to be resolved, and you're like, surely it can't take them the rest of the. They're going to resolve this plot point, and they resolve that plot point, and the way they transition to the next major one is really excellent, and kind of flips the whole situation of the of the show upside down. And you get like a whole different perspective on everything, and it's really funny. You're not the first person to recommend that show recently, yeah. so I, I I highly recommend it. It's very very good. Cool. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of it may have sold me on K dramas because if they're all like this quality or around this quality, I'm in for a lot more. This is it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, people I know that have watched K dramas have said this is uh, crap. Crash, in, crash, crash, crash Landing on You. Crash Landing on You is very, very excellent, and it it, it is um, a, a good example of the genre. So. Yeah, it's 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 just ludicrously fun. Cool. Jason, you got anything else you're geeking out about? I know you're a little crunched for time this well, evening. Well, one of the shows that I jumped back onto recently, Cassandra and I got really into Manifest when that show first started coming out. That was like the people were not supposed to be on the plane? Or? It's like, they were, it's, it's, they it's were lost on the in plane. reverse almost. Yeah. Uh, um, where they, basically, they show back up. Yeah, yeah they, they show, show back up, up like five years later it, or something it's, like that. It's the the snap from Marvel, just completely disconnected. But, I was but, like a whole but, bunch. Of, yeah, it, it's isolated to this plane. Yeah. Well, and it's like yeah, like 191 people on a on a jet disappear for five years. Everybody assumes they're dead, and then five years later, the plane lands, and then it picks up from there. And there's like this kind of like Lost. There's this interesting kind of supernatural thing going on where they're 
hearing voices, and they some of them have abilities and things like that. And it was really interesting. We watched the first season, very into it. Uh, and then the second season came out, we were watching something else, and for some reason we got it in our heads that it got canceled after the second season, mm-hmm. so we never went back around to it. And there's ten seasons. Yeah, and then um, we saw the third season being advertised. And we were like, oh, well, if that's still going, we want to go back and watch it. <laughs> so um, we jumped back into that. I think we're like halfway through the second season now. Mm-hmm. And it's still uh, really entertaining. If this, you liked the kind of thing that Lost was doing, you like that kind of mystery and all that kind of stuff, very good. Uh, not quite as crazy yet, but again, we're only partway through the second season, so, mm-hmm. you know, Lost had plenty of time to get crazy after that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think it's even from some of the same producers and things, like some of the same writers and things jumped over to it. Uh, but So that's been a lot of fun catching up on that. And then I will say, the only thing I'll say about uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, because it just came out mm-hmm. and I'm the only one that's seen it, is it's very enjoyable. It's more in the Marvel style. It feels like a Captain America sequel, like pretty much from like the first couple minutes in, and the score is excellent so far. Did uh, Alan Silvestri do the score? Or did they get somebody else? Uh, it's somebody else. Let me see who that was. And, and, and I mean, I was expecting Falcon Winter Soldier to be sort of a buddy style, very Marvel thing. Yeah, I was, like, ex- I was expecting it to be more like the mainstream yeah, MCU stuff. Yeah. WandaVision was such a daring, bold. Yeah, which I love. I love. I thought it was fantastic. And, yeah. and that was, and, but, but. In, in a sense, that was kind of expected because, right. spoiler alert, Vision died in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you're like, okay, how is he around? He didn't get snapped. Right. A uh, thing that they literally point out in the show, like, wasn't he dead dead? Yeah. yeah. So them, so it was guaranteed to be at least a little bit funky. Right. And I think Loki, too, is going to be shenanigans. Right. Like, it's going to be, because WandaVision has a very dark undertone. Right. Um, I don't think Loki's going to have as dark of an undertone. I think it's... But I, but I did I did kind of expect Falcon Soldier to be a little bit of hoorah, let's go, and then you know a lot of. I'm blaming uh, this whole thing on you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, go ahead. I can't figure out who was who was soundtrack. I, I, I was just curious if it was the same guy they got to do uh, the 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 score for WandaVision, uh, because that was also the guy who did the score for um, Frozen. Uh, and uh, I wondered what Wanda was saying. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> they did all the themes. Wait, did he do the the soundtrack for Frozen Two as well? Um, I want to say yes, but I am not. Lost possibly. in the Woods, maybe one of the best animated songs <clears throat> oh, of all time. It totally is. I mean, but now we have Agatha all along. That was really... Uh, I was rolling when that played. Oh my gosh, like actually rolling. Well, and you know, it's the Munsters theme, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I I used to watch the Munsters back in the day. Uh, The the composer is Henry Jackman. Henry Jackman, yeah. Yeah. But uh, really excellent. Hugh Jackman's long lost brother. It, it it's one no. of those things where like it, it calls back to Captain America and some of the other stuff, but it's very fresh and it's very uh, it's very enjoyable. And the, the the real question, the only thing I actually care about is do Bucky and Falcon have or Sam have good chemistry? We'll find out. Okay. Ah. All right. So, but yeah, it's very good. Uh, hopefully, you guys can uh, jump onto it. We can talk about it more. In the I just future. want one of them to to take the shield and be like, "Look at me! Look at me!" I'm Captain America I, now. I, I'm the captain now. Um, he did do the score for um, uh, Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also did the score for Big Hero 6 and Winter Soldier, so that's appropriate they got the same yeah. guy. And, what... and he did the score for Captain Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> I am the captain it's now. It's happening! It's happening! <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, Jason, what were you saying? Uh, I was going to say, one of the reasons you, you brought up Loki uh, again a second ago, one of the reasons I'm interested in that is I feel like it's going to kind of meld. Those tones are going to be, you're going to have elements of like the WandaVision craziness, but it's also going to be a little more traditional MCU, and you can mm-hmm. kind of play with that with Loki. And it, Owen Wilson can play a good straight man. I actually prefer Owen Wilson as a straight man than trying to be the goofball. Yeah. He's a fun straight man. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. There are certain actors where they are just so good playing the straight man, trying to be that as the, uh, uh, oh, I get them mixed up, the bake to the Sukomi, which is the Japanese. It's literally a Japanese comedy duo where one is, it's, it's, it's an Abbott and Costello. Right. And, oh, I, I get it mixed up. Costello was the straight man and Abbott was the goofball, I believe. I am not sure, to I, be honest. I, it's, hard, it's hard to tell, right? No, Abbott was the Abbott was the short, angry one, right? I Honestly, I conflate them in my head with Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair enough. Yeah. But the straight man is the one who, the, the, who, 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 you know, doesn't, he just like, straight face, doesn't let the jokes be jokes, you know, calls them out, and is just exasperated all the time. Yeah. I, I almost always find that those are the characters that I appreciate the most. Mm. Um, well, one of the things that fascinates me whenever I think about that is that uh, for the Andy Griffith show, mm-hmm. the roles were initially supposed to be reversed. Ah, really? Like, if you watch the first few episodes, Barney is the straight man and Andy is the goofball. And then <laughs> I can't they, even they, imagine that! Very, very quickly. Like, it, it's only a couple episodes yeah. in, they flip it completely. Because wow. it works so much better the other way. I, was say, yeah. I can't even imagine Barney playing the straight man. Yeah. yeah. It's like the first few His episodes of Barney. the show. It's, <laughs> Barney Fife. Barney! Yeah. He, uh... But yeah, they initially wanted Don Knotts to be the straight man. Man. Wow. Can't even imagine. There's all kinds of weird stuff with that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fun. That's it's, a, it's a fun old show. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's such a cultural icon, but I, honestly, I don't know that I've ever seen, like, an entire episode. Maybe yeah. just one. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm trying to think of other things I've been geeking out over, but I think that, that mostly covered it. Um, I've been watching a lot of... <laughs> Well, because I've been geeking out on Yu-Gi-Oh! I've been watching a lot of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! videos on YouTube. Uh-huh. And there was uh, these two guys, I, I think it's called the the Apps Team, APS Team. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a, 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 a skit on, like, expectations versus reality for Yu-Gi-Oh! And so it's like, building your deck. It's like, oh yeah, well, this and this and this, and it'll be fun. And in reality, like, oh, I guess I'll buy these cards. Oh my gosh, it's $400. <laughs> like, du- dueling a person in reality. <laughs> like, having someone check your deck, like, yeah, man, well, I think that card will work. Yeah, it'll be totally cool. It's your deck. And this one. Well, you don't have... No, don't play that. Like, just take a card and like, don't play that. No, this is garbage. It's a garbage card. You can't play that. <laughs> this is really funny. <laughs> and then also top tens. Like, somebody, somebody did the top ten, like, highest attack power values in Yu-Gi-Oh! ever. And the lowest one was 40,000. Keep in mind, this is a game where you have 8,000 life points. Right. And the highest attack monster you can summon, the, the highest base attack in the game is 5,000. Now you can get higher than that pretty easily, but the highest attack bar in the game is 8,000. Technically, I'm going to really get you down. Technically, I don't. I think it's uh, Slifer. Um, you pay all your life points. If you had 8,000 life points, you can pay 7,999 life points and then have not that much attack power. But it's like, oh, your number four, it's like, it has 400,000 attack points. It has this attack point. And they're like, it literally has attack infinity. <laughs> okay, it's so anime. <laughs> yeah. A weapon to surpass Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's all I've got. Uh, any any last thoughts, Ashley? Uh, say, I was going to ask Jason if he had any last thoughts. Uh, and he was going to ask me if I had any last thoughts. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I do have one other thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, if Jason doesn't. 
Go for it. Okay, so this is this is like the this is like the ironic thing I've been geeking out about. So Ryan and I are hoping to be able to buy a house this year. We, you know, waiting on our. Uh, Don't t- tell me you've been watching House Hunters. No. <laughs> no, 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 no Have no, you no. been watching House? No. <laughs> Hot take: I do not like House. No. I've never watched it. But no, I have gotten into organizing a little more. I don't like read organizing books or articles or anything like that, but just trying to, you know, take like one small thing and Marie Kondo. Uh, no, I I everything in my house sparks joy. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, hey, if it doesn't bring you joy, but people who are who hoard things are like it all brings me joy. <laughs> I I mean I I'm not a hoarder per se, but I also I, I, I everybody in my family suffers from super pack ratism. <laughs> um, but fine line, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, been like taking like small things to to like organize, clean out that sort of thing. So today, partially because I ended up really needing to do it, but uh, I, I organized my pantry. It was very like satisfying, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like literally, like be- because like I, I guess. Apartment builders assume that people who live in apartments don't actually do a lot of cooking, and I legitimately really enjoy cooking, even though I have a mm-hmm. tiny, dinky kitchen. Um, so what functions as our pantry is actually a coat closet. So when we moved in, we put a small bookshelf in there to turn it into a pantry. So I ended up like pulling literally everything out of the pantry, vacuuming, running the steam mop in there, wiping off the bookshelf, and then, um, you know, reorganizing putting everything back only had to like toss like a couple of things that had gotten kind of gotten shoved to the back and weren't good anymore but man like i was marco poloing some buddies today and i was like behold <laughs> this pantry it's very exciting anyway so organizing you know again doing it in pieces because i'm a, you know i got a lot of irons in the fire right now but um getting done with that sort of thing is has been very um satisfying so it's, it's funny i i i'm not really uh, i'm not a neat freak at all but yeah. like once I'm done cleaning, I'm very satisfied. Right. And it makes me wonder why I don't like cleaning more. Right. Because it's like, it's not that much effort. And then the, the end the end of the day, you know, and I can like put on a podcast, but like sorting the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, it's funny because I was like, I've been mentally like, okay, well, the first thing I do is I sort them based on the color, right? Because, okay, effect monsters are orange and spells are green and traps are pink. So that boom, first sorted. And I was like, wait, and I have to separate out these cards from all the ones that call a specific card type. Okay. Well, now do I sort the effect monsters based on alphabetically or do I sort them based on star level I'm like okay so now they're sorted by star level alphabetically within the star level and I've got the effect archetypes based on alphabetical so the first ones you know all the a archetypes and the B archetypes and the C archetypes and then and then I've got you know monster spell trap so it's funny. I've been doing a lot of organizing right. yeah <laughs> and it's it's it is it's like there's there's something to be said for the the soothing nature of mundane tasks yeah anyway yeah that 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 finishes everything on my list so. yeah Anything? Anything left? I will throw one thing back. Going back to the beginning of the episode, because mm-hmm. I've been rewatching Zoids. I figured out something that is uh, for years and years and years. I have not been able, like, I misremember the theme to Jurassic Park. Like when I hear it, the notes are a little. And I, I figured out why. It's because that show totally ripped off that theme. <laughs> to one of. There's a there's a part where a, a large Zoid called an Ultrasaurus awakens, and I think they use it at the beginning of the show too, the same score. But it is basically just a few notes off of the Jurassic Park theme for this giant dinosaur robot, <laughs> and it's. Uh, I was like, oh, that's why I never get that right. 
So, a- Abby, I will never forget the Jurassic Park theme song because Abby, for some reason, latched onto this vine that was like someone got new shoes and was like, What are those? What are those? <laughs> like, ah. So that's not in your head. I played it in band class in middle school. So, <laughs> you know. Kazoo. <laughs> no, saxophone. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I also saw like the entirety of that anime before I ever watched the first Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) I was also a latecomer to Jurassic Park. Yeah. I mean, Jurassic Park is a great movie. I didn't actually watch Jurassic Park all the way through until like about a year before Jurassic World came out. Mm. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to jump back on. And then you were immediately incredibly disappointed because you just watched a really good dinosaur movie (laughs) and a really bad dinosaur movie. (laughs) Pretty much. Exactly what happened. I still the thing that still makes me the most angry about that movie is the fact that she runs away from a dinosaur in high heels. I'm like, dude, that's no. literally almost every woman in every movie. I know, ever, but it was stupid. like especially it's still stupid. Oh, it's just, it is. Yeah. I just want you guys to appreciate that I almost brought up Star Wars as a reference there, but then I decided not to. Nobody ran away in high heels in those movies. No, I was just talking about how a really good have movie. You not seen, and then... Excuse me. Have you not seen the picture of Greedo on set wearing high heels? No, I haven't. Greedo was played by a woman, and on the set, it's like she's wearing oh. the Greedo mask, but she's wearing high heels. Wow. Cool. No, I think I, I have seen that. that of course, Han Solo was like, You're going nowhere. So, rip Greedo. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, so hey, it was surprisingly not a two-hour-long episode. There we so go. maybe we'll actually get it done this week. Um, but yeah, so that's what we've been geeking out this past month and a half. Month, it's, it's been a while. It, 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 oh, um, yeah, a little bit. We have something very special planned for uh, hopefully next week. But our, our next episode will be something very special, very unique, based on the podcast that I've been geeking out over, which is the film reroll. Definitely recommend you check it out. It's a group of, I think they're all actors or something. Um, they they roleplay through movies using a like D&D style system. They go off the rails in a heartbeat. I'll just give you the one that the movie uh, Speed ended in the prologue because they got the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> so the person who played Sandra Bullock's character literally just, just waiting for the bus and didn't get to do anything. So it was, uh, so that that's the sort of thing that happens. So we're going to be doing that. Um, next time for The Phantom Menace and I think it's going to be a lot of fun so and if that goes well then we'll do some and, and you know what if, if we change if the movie changes enough we'll have to do see what happens in the next two episodes <laughs> <laughs> so with that uh, we'll leave you guys you can contact us uh, send us you know uh, fan mail hate mail uh, angry comments uh, suggestions, whatever you want to send us. At, we're, you can uh, send us an email, dearlydebated at gmail.com. You can send us a tweet at dearlydebated. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dearlydebated. Um, hit us up in any of those venues. Uh, let us know what you're thinking. <laughs> Is there a topic you'd like us, like us to cover? Yeah, anything, any, any kind of that thing. I know people from uh, the UK and Germany have listened to this podcast. I can see the demographics. Hello, Europe. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Pip, pip, cheerio. <laughs> Achtung! Uh, sorry, that was for my, my German was. Uh, it was so funny. Um, sorry. I, I, sidetrack for Germany. This was for you, Germany. Um, I hosted a pair of German uh, travelers when I was in Atlanta, and I was taking them out to dinner, and I was like, okay, what do you want to eat? And they're like, we want to eat southern food. I was like, damn straight you do. So we went to Mary Max Tea Room in Atlanta, which is like one of the hallmarks of southern cooking, like one of the bastions of southern cooking. We went there, and they got fried chicken and sweet tea, and they're like, this is really good. It's like, they like sweet tea. 
Yes! Good people in my book. But yes, you can contact me at Holy Golem on Twitter. Um, uh, Greg and I, Greg is not here. Um, Greg and I do a cooking show called The Kitchen Chemist. We're The Kitchen Chemist on YouTube. And uh, at The Kitchen Chemist, no, at Kitchen Chem YT on Twitter, Kitchen Chemist YT on Instagram. And then we also have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash, look at that, facebook.com slash groups slash The Kitchen Chemist. Ashley. All right. Hit me up on the tweets at The Nerdy Blogger. You can like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Nerdy Blogger. You can read my blog, nerdyblogging.wordpress.com. You can also read my work on fangirlish.com, popcultureretrorama.com. I also contribute to the Pop Culture Retrorama podcast. Yeah, I think that's all my, my stuff. Jason. All right, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Comic Exile, and you can uh, read my blog at comicexile.com. All right. Well, Until next time. We got him, R2. Bye. Bye. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.